All right, guys, good morning. It is now 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to go ahead and get started. Thank you guys for joining another IMPS podcast and webinar. My name is Rochelle Muckle. I'm the Exhibitions Operations Coordinator at A&T. Welcome on this Thursday morning. Um, here in D.C., it is cherry blossom season, so after this webinar, I am actually going on a boat tour to see some cherry blossoms. I'm really excited. Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yes, it should be fun. So thank cool. you guys for joining us. We have a great webinar for you today. We have our general contractor joining us, GES, Bob Riley with GES. He has been with our show for over 10 years, I think since 2002, right, Bob? 2002, correct. Yes, and Bob is the Vice President of National Sales, and like I said, he's our account manager. He really makes everything happen for us. We meet with Bob at least once a month and will at least twice a month. So Bob really makes everything happen for our show. Thank you for joining us. Um, and joining after Bob gets off will be Mike Juiz, the Director of Client Relations. Hello. And he will be running this webinar um, entitled Big Impact Exhibiting. So it should be good. Just going to touch on how to really make your exhibit pop. And of course, we have our marketing gunslinger right below me, Steve Miller, a.k.a. Kelly Sad. Thank you for joining us and hosting today. All right. Thank Sorry. you. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Some great moves there, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Just flew in from uh, Charleston, South Carolina last night. and uh, Oh, yeah. I thought that boy, you Boy, are my it. arms tired. Yeah. Thank you for joining us this early. <laughs> Um, I do have a few announcements for our exhibitors, um, just to kind of give you guys a sneak peek. The IMTS meeting room site is now live, and we have not announced it to any exhibitors. Um, we're sending out something in our newsletter next week, so if you guys need a meeting room, it's live now. Go ahead and get your meeting room, because those go so fast. So in other words, That's these... The, the, the people who are on right now, they get a week head start. Yes. They get a week head start. So I would definitely go ahead and at least look at your room. They're all going to start logging off now to go do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to go. You're going to start seeing names drop because they're all going to book their meetings. <laughs> I know. Um, also, just keep in mind that you can open. If you haven't gone in there, I highly suggest it. Um, you need to get your registration. We just already had our freight planner, which was due last week. Another huge announcement. We are going to be um, putting the target plan date in our e-kit coming within the next two weeks. So look out for those. Um, our team with GES, Bob and Tom Gilmore, have been working on those. So those will be in the e-kit. I know everybody has been calling. We at least get one call a day for the target plan um, date. So look out for those. They're coming soon. And those are pretty much the big things for exhibitors right now. And I am going to turn it over to our host today, Mr. Steve Miller. Hey, Rochelle. Got your hair down today. Thank you. I do. Yeah, it's <laughs> different. So, so as always, you know, you know, it's like, the, you know, it's beauty in the middle, beasts on the outside. That's what it is. So, as always, thank you, thank you for uh, um, kickstarting this again. Always great to see you, Rochelle and Bob. Haven't seen you in a long time, buddy. Yeah, haven't seen see you. Ya. Well, no, I saw you at the workshop, I guess. Workshop. So. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome everybody to another, uh, you know, uh, episode of the monthly IMTS webinars. Uh, some of the webinars are for exhibitors, uh, specifically for exhibitors. If you're not familiar, we're doing like three webinars a month right now. Uh, you know, one, one, one is specifically for exhibitors on marketing. One is specifically for exhibitors on operations, I guess. And then the third one is kind of a broad mark, uh, uh, business growth marketing uh, program that we pr promote to exhibitors and attendees. So uh, hopefully you're joining us with, uh, you know, you're picking out which one of those is uh, helping you the most. Glad to see those of you that are on today. We're talking about something really, really important. There are basically three parts 
three seg three segments of successful exhibiting before the show what you do before the show uh, as far as um, not not just planning but also promotion communication pre-show promotion which you know is so so important and of course I'm covering a lot of that in the uh, how to hunt moose series and if you haven't been following that you should uh, and uh, um, uh, and then at the show there's uh, a, a you know obviously prop in fact the biggest component of your success at the show is your exhibit. I mean, obviously, there are the things that are going on uh, on the side, but, uh, but your exhibit is it. It's like your showcase at the show. And when we figure that there are 2,000-something exhibitors at IMTS this year, you need to do whatever you can to stand out from the crowd. And then the third, third area, uh, of course, is post-show follow-up. But today, we're talking with Bob and Mike about big impact exhibiting. Now, two quick uh, housekeeping things. Number one, you can ask, you know, you see the chat right down below me. That is a public chat. So if you post something, everybody's going to see it. Uh, I mean, I think you can send us a private message if you want. I will be following that, following the chat. You're welcome to talk to each other and uh, 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 chat with each other. Uh, and um, But at the same time, you can also ask, uh, ask questions of Bob and Mike. And I will be monitoring that and looking for those questions. And then, um, uh, and uh, and then, in addition to that, you know, we we record all these programs. They will and it will be available uh, by tomorrow on the IMTS.com website. So, Bob Riley, good morning, yeah, bud. Just, are, uh, are you down in Texas? I just checked in to see how the chat works. I said, okay, there we go. Oh, you do. You did. Okay, yeah. look how great. Wait. That's a that's a low blow. That's a low blow coming from you, Mr. Dark Hair Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't have enough light. So, uh, welcome to the big, big to your topic, the big impact exhibiting. What's uh, tell tell us what what you know? What's the big deal? I mean, big impact exhibiting. That's a big promise. Big promise. Big promise. Well, we uh, again, we appreciate the time. First of all, thank you, and thanks for everybody that's uh, dialed in and and, and watching. We uh, appreciate the opportunity and, and uh, appreciate your time. Um, that being said, you know, I want to touch on a little bit of what Steve said. You know, obviously, there's before, during, and after the show. And you think about your exhibit, obviously, is what's at the show. But a lot of what we're going to talk about today is really what, what are you doing before the show to make sure that your exhibit is impactful. Um, you know, what's, what, what's the booth going to look like? What's the thought process of what you're going to be doing in the booth, what activities, what engagements are you going to have? Um, that's what we want to talk about. Um, it's it's what we you know for all of our corporate account and program clients that we build exhibits for and and manage exhibits for. Um, these are all the conversations and questions that we do with those clients beforehand before we ever start cutting a panel and putting you know hammer to nail or you know however else uh, exhibits get built. These are all the questions and thoughts and ideas that we try to flush out uh, in preparation for that. Um, we'll try to address and make, you know, we'll make sure we address issues for, for a relatively small exhibitor, mid-sized exhibitor, large exhibitor. You know, we understand obviously on IMTS there's a, certainly a big cross-section. There, there are, while there's many gigantic booths, there's, there's more smaller ones. So um, it's critically important that those, uh, those exhibitors are set up for success as well. Um, Mike Gwick is Director of Client Relations for our Corporate Accounts Team. Um, this is the stuff that Mike lives and breathes every day. Um, so this, this deck of slides and, and these conversations are you know, going to be very familiar to him. And I'm going to turn it over to him because uh, he's really going to do this presentation. I just wanted to jump in and say thank you, you know, on behalf of our, our uh, GS account team and, and uh, you know, the folks that work with AMT every day. And, um, you know, we appreciate your time. So I'm going to jump out of this chair, let Mike sit down, and, and uh, between Mike and Steve, uh, they'll take you through things. And, and again, have a, have a great session. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Hey, Welcome, Mike. Hi, guys. Good morning. Um, thank you for letting me spend a little bit of time with you this morning. So uh, my name is Mike Gwick, and I'm Director of Client Relations here at GES. And and I get the privilege on a micro level to work one-on-one -on -one with all of you, the exhibitors. While GES um, produces the entire event in conjunction with AMT and putting it on as a general service provider, uh, I get to work with you. So the key is that I want to talk a little bit about big impact exhibiting. I hope that we take away some things uh, for all of you, something that works 
um, to maybe give you a nugget or two, and if we walk away with that, uh, we'll be successful. Uh, I'd like to keep this really conversational. And the one thing that's really important that we want to, want to keep in mind that we really need to enjoy what we're doing. Uh, if you're not having a good time doing this, then, um, then we need to adjust that and make sure that some way we find a, a good way to make that happen. So um, in changing the slides here, guys, oh, let me get over here. Uh, let me go right there. So uh, it's coming very, very, very soon, folks. Uh, we're about five months away from being on that floor. So assume a lot of you probably are well into your planning. But if you're not, uh, now is the optimal time to start to do it, making sure that you're crossing the T's, dotting the I's, aligning your ROOs, your ROIs, and, and, and following through on how we get there. So uh, we're coming out of Q1 right into Q2 and right on the backside of that. There's this amazing show that we get the privilege to participate in um, every couple of years. So um, big impact exhibiting. Um, you know, what does that really mean? I'm going to walk through a little bit of the agenda that we want to cover. And um, it's really a, a thoughtful and strategic approach that I hope we uh, cover um, some good things that uh, generate some information and, and information that will be beneficial for you. So on the engagement side, you know, that's, uh, that's a word possibly very, very overused. Um, but it's more about what the industry thinks uh, about what that engagement is and, and more so what it means to you. And what is that level of engagement that you're trying to pull together as your attendees coming in and your future customers come in? And then the creativity and the different types of them. And uh, there's no one that's the same, but uh, I'm going to share a few examples of some different creativity and how that, uh, how that could work and uh, what those experiences might look like for you. Um, the design, the general planning, uh, real, real critical. And there is an art and science to this. Um, it's, uh, the science really begins with the flow, the wayfinding your messaging, the positioning of items. That's all science-based. Um, and then as far as the art, it's very similar to the creativity. So it's that beautiful blending of both the art and science that helps bring together a successful uh, event for you at INTS. And then the technology and the data, uh, very important. And, and really what that means to you and, and what can work for you and what potentially won't work and what the investment should be. Um, we'll talk about that and hopefully find some things that will help guide your decisions and choices that you'll make. Um, the graphics and the messaging, extremely pivotal, um, really, really pivotal on what that graphic and that messaging is. And, um, and we have to make sure that uh, what it can potentially mean for you and what the folks attending take away from that, that visual element, that nonverbal element. Um, the design brief, the design process, um, the word brief and ROI um, kind of go together, but then you're going to bring in brief and or RSP. Uh, you're going to be looking for that that, that creative provider or partner to help create this environment for you. And what that brief looks like and that RFP looks like is, is really, really important on what you put in it so much as what you're going to get back out of it and what that investment and the end product is going to look like. And then last, just uh, we want to make sure that you do engage a credible partner. Um, uh, we have seen some great successes. This show is, is so amazing when you walk the floor and, and, and the beauty and the sophistication and, and the technology that is within it all all just picture framing really the hero, which are the products and the services and machinery that we see throughout. But you want to make sure that that environment that you're looking to create to support your products and services is actually going to be there and your credible partner delivers. We've seen some things go astray, and I'll touch on those as we get into that. So um, sliding into the engagement. So if anything, this is one of the strongest takeaways that I'd like you to have, um, that exhibiting should be amazingly more fun than just sitting at your desk. Um, if it's not, again, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to work on that to make sure that we can bring it forward. And that experience, that needs to be a pleasure for you and for the exhibitor. It's a two-way street. You and your staff need to be in that booth working and having a good time. And the attendees need to come in and also be engaged. We want to make sure things are memorable. Um, you know, the best exhibits offer memories. When people walk away, they remember who they met, what they saw, what that engagement is. Make sure that we have some memory devices in there, whether that's a fun game, a giveaway. Uh, some type of experience can be something as simple as this amazing cup of coffee. Um, other things, um, we want to make sure that we have uh, memorable factors outside the exhibit, too. So that's that, that pre, that during event that Steve touched on, making sure that there's not a complete surprise when they come in. Whatever you've done in advance ties into what you've got going on, so you create that brand and that marketing. And then also, we want to make sure that this is a campaign. Um, your exhibit at the show, we're in Q3, 
with this, um, that should be well into your branding strategy, and it really should be very much a part of your overall strategy for all of, all of the year and the continuing years that follow. Uh, let's not uh, overlook that, and it really your strategy should be built around that. And in the case of uh, INTS, you've got your pre, your during, your post. You're going to go into that Q4 and into the next year hoping to pull away those leads and opportunities to, um, to create those uh, touch points into uh, sales. Um, also, uh, let me just step back a slide. Uh, I want to step down on the, in, the involve and the entertain. Um, these are all tactile and that is games. At the end of the day, people love to be engaged. They like to do things. They like to be recognized. They like to, to have a little bit of a good time there. And again, those are driving those memory points. So make sure that we have a little bit of fun. And when you're having fun, it's less like work. And the more it's less like work, the more it's going to remember it and enjoy it. So we're going to keep driving some things. We're going to challenge you to make sure that we bring it in. Um, before this seminar started, we were talking a little bit about golfing. And you know, we've seen the golf simulators being brought into exhibits and stands. And while they're nice, and I'm not, I'm not against them, I'm a fan, I've kind of seen there, been there, done that. There are so many new different things that are out there that you really should be um, studying, looking into, and challenging your partners to come up with new innovative ways to involve and entertain your guests. And then last one, you know, be professional. Um, that very first bullet point that over 90% of communication is nonverbal may sound like a cliche, but it is. Those first impressions are so critical. Those first 30 seconds on how people are going to see you, envision you, think about your company, think about your team and your staff, um, those are so very, very critical on how you do it. Um, you want to have a motivated, a trained staff. Um, make those 30 seconds count. This is so critical, and a trained staff truly performs better, more effective than an untrained staff. And uh, if you're not quite sure how to do it, you know, we work with many firms. We do it, and we work with many firms. Happy to align people with professionals that can come in, take your staff, guide them through the process. The end result will be better. I guarantee you, you'll be happy when you have a trained staff that knows how to engage in an active booth. And then last, I, I have no sandwiches, but it's more than just no sandwiches. People walk up, you're eating food. It's not a beautiful sight. You really want to keep that professional aura. And the other big thing are those cell phones. There's probably nothing more important to you at that moment than that email that you're getting or what you're going to need to respond to, that phone call you're going to engage in. But again, we only have those 30 seconds and those few seconds after to continue. That, that attendee coming up to you has no idea what you're doing other than you're not engaging them. And it could be the most important email, but they don't know that. So we just need to make sure that uh, we keep them uh, number one in our forethought and, and the first things we do. So we talked about some examples. So I wanted to just share this one. And this one's actually from a long time ago, probably dates back um, uh, into my era. And at the time, it was very, very effective. It, it, it was from a plastics company. It, showed their product very, very well, had a little bit of their graphics, a little bit of their branding. And uh, for the most part, it worked well, but we want to make sure that you recognize this, this is a little bit old school. And I only share this just to say that if you're in this era, you need to step out of this area. I, I laugh and look at those TVs, and I'm going to really call them TVs, uh, sitting in the back there, um, the smaller copy, the lack of uh, energy in some of the graphics. There's the pops of red. But this is definitely old school. So if you're in this era, think hard about getting into today's times, making sure that you're bringing in some of the sophistication and graphics and technology. And regardless of your size or your scale, if you're going to do it, you should do it well. And this one is a, another example of just a, a really, really scaled down version um, of a uh, probably a 10 or 12 foot inline exhibit. Uh, we have a lot of these in IMTS. And in this one, they actually brought in a lot of the different elements. You see AV. You see a welcome reception counter. You see high graphics. You see color. You see tone. While this wasn't necessarily over well done, we could probably do some adjusting on the graphics, raising the images, deliver of the message. It still is to say that it has all of those touch points. So they at least have covered that, the graphics, the color, the warmth, the curves, the shapes, the technology. They have the components. Not necessarily well done, but they have them. So it's a good basis for you that if you've got something similar to this, look at it and then challenge yourself to say, if I had a little bit more of investment to make, how could I improve this and how can I upscale that, uh, that impression? Well, and even, um, even you know, going back to that, that slide, uh, um, Mike, that the, uh, e even for a small exhibit, at least this one is open, 
you know, for the attendee to, there, there are no barriers for the attendee to come in. That's really important. You want to make it very uh, uh, non-threatening. Uh, you want to get them in your booth. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want them to stay in the aisle because there's no commitment from them when they're in the aisle. You want them to get into your booth. And this this booth, you know, uh, you know, one big positive for it is that it is very open in the front. Uh, all good points, Stephen. As we start to go through this a little more, I'm going to show you the exact opposite of this size exhibit where it's just ridiculously overkill. Um, but real good points about the openness and the inviting part of it. Uh, sliding on to uh, this one for Caldwell. Again, it's a little bit dated. Um, and I laugh at the inflatables. Um, I, I'm not against inflatables. Uh, they, they come a long way also, but you want to make sure they're relevant, that, uh, that they, they fit the, the style and motif of what you want to do. The inflatables will come in. They'll fill space, very valuable space. They offer high branding, high recognition. But today, there's such a different era of what's going on in them. So make sure that if you're going to go down the inflatable route, Often you're going to see this in shows where they think, hey, I just buy this thing, throw a little air in, and there's my exhibit. Um, I'm not going to say it's wrong. It might work for your marketing strategy. Just make sure that you really look to make sure that it fits your brand and showcases your organization and your product well. Uh, this one a little bit dated, funny. It really was the launch for Callwell, and they have since have gone a long way. But um, make sure that it appeals and applies properly in a, in a stand. So here's an example of another stand that it actually looks pretty good, but uh, uniquely, it's actually incredibly flawed. So let's just start with the very front. You know, Steve just touched on barriers, not being able to get in. If you look down in the lower front, there are those letters that say trust. Hard to read, but they say trust, cut out of plexi. Uniquely, what those have now become is a barrier, stopping your attendees from freely wanting to come in. And also, it became a very, very expensive bag stand. If you look where they missed in planning to order bag stands, they're now using the letter S to throw their bags over the top of it, uh, really uh, breaking up the message, pulling away from it, and, and, and their whole thought of trying to use this as a big branding in their product uh, really is distracted from what they missed in the detail early on. Also, let's talk about the graphics. Uh, if you look kind of in the middle between the group of folks, it says trust something. Not quite sure what it is. Um, this is really poor placement and how they lay this out with the graphics. At a minimal, you know, that should have been popped up above their heads, outlined across the top. Get the key messaging and the function out so that um, it can flow. And when people walk up from a perspective from the aisle, they need to understand who you are and what you are. Not too often they're going to stop and really start to dig in deep unless they know who you are have been sent there. So, you know, the outline of how to do that. Uh, making sure that your graphics are well. I mean, I like that they, they did full graphics. It looks good. It's attractive. But it really is extremely, extremely flawed. Um, sliding over to something even a little bit more simplistic, if you choose to keep it simple, and, and, and this is about as simple as it goes, folks, um, at least think about what it looks like before you make the investment to come in and do something. Uh, the banner stands and a little bit of the tabletop, um, they got their branding out. They're showing their product. Uh, we know who the company is. So they didn't fail in those aspects. But something here is just simply bringing those three banner stands together to create a type of a backdrop, bringing it a counter so there's a place of engagement to put their product on would have helped this tremendously. Here they just used space. They filled it out. They spread it out. Um, Enjoy um, really is missing the, the mark on and trying to showcase themselves as a world-class company. And it's more of uh, an organization coming to say, hey, we're going to figure it out, we're going to attend. But um, we really haven't put a lot of thought into it. So if you're along these lines, these are minor investments. Banner stands run very minor money. It's a good way to fill the space. It's not wrong. But think about how you want to do it and put it all together and, and get some guidance. And at worst thing, pass it around your office. Share it with other people that see it and say, does this represent our company? Would this make you feel good if you came up? Um, here is uh, another example of an inline exhibit. Um, and this really is a rental exhibit, and it's just system-based. It's just aluminum system-based. But what they've done is they've added the different elements, full graphic overlays, brought in the touch of the technology, a little bit of a light box, the counter up front, some comfortable seating with the sofa you see to be able to sit and view the video that they want to display. And off to the left, a very informal conference area. Um, this is actually very, very well done. 
There's the lighting, which really highlights the graphics in the back wall, the technology that they're going to showcase, um, that beautiful seating area, which, uh, simple as it is, it's going to let somebody sit comfortably, want to stay a little bit, and view the video, and note, note the height of that monitor brought down accordingly, so it's in alignment with the sight, sight lines of the, of the sofa. And then you can have an informal meeting off to the side. So challenge yourself on the space, whether it's, you know, it's a 10 in line, a 20, a 30, whatever the square footage is that you have for your space, really challenge yourself to say, am I optimizing every square foot best possible? And if you're not, go back to the board a little bit and rethink about it. Here is just a, a use of elevation. So shapes, curves, lighting, very open, open format. Um, they have their product out front and center, that cross aisle to the left really is the main traffic aisle, where they highlighted um, the opening in the, uh, in, the, in the structure with a large graphic talking about it. And then they just created this open, very fun feel to come through. Note they pushed the reception counter back, so it'll draw you in to have a little bit of conversation. And then in a seating area so that you can sit, relax. They also serve beverages at this, uh, at this stand. So think about, again, how you're going to use that space and then how you're training your people to use that space. Here, very effective for them. They use the oranges as the pops. They've inlaid it in the carpet. So they've thought about concrete up and how they want to make it work. And if you really look at this exhibit, folks, there's not a lot there. It's two vertical walls and a horizontal header with some lighting built in and some graphics. Very, very simple, high impact, use of elevation. Let me make a comment about that one, too. Uh, um, it's not just use, use of elevation. The elevation is great. But it also, uh, um, the, the exhibit itself is what, what is known in, in marketing as a pattern interrupt. And a pattern interrupt is when if, you know, people are walking down the aisle and the vast majority of exhibits there are, follow kind of the 90-degree rule, that, er, that everything is positioned sort of 90 degrees to the aisle, while this one is positioned 45 degrees to the aisle. So, you see, that, that by itself uh, is a, it, it, it breaks up the visuals as somebody's coming down the aisle and and somebody would you know their their eyes are attracted to it so it's a pattern interrupt from them looking around all of a sudden their eyes are drawn there for, by the elevation by the color by the lights and also by the angles and even if you don't have a huge budget you can think about things like that where you can don't set up don't necessarily set your exhibit up uh, 90 degrees to the aisle uh, you know Think, think about uh, angling things, you know, if you can in your booth. Uh, that uh, causes that pattern interrupt and gets their, gets their attention uh, looking at you. Yeah, good point on that, Steve. And the other thing is you've also created two solid points of entry now. So you're not uh, fronting one aisle or the other. You're actually taking right. advantage of those two traffic flows. Right. So sliding on a little bit to creativity. Um, there's so many different types of creativity, and, and we, talk, we just talked about a little bit of them. This beautiful style, sweeping curves, elegant form and detail. Um, I'll share a few examples of them in a few minutes. And it's just a nice thing that regardless of the size of your exhibit, small, medium, large, creativity applies across the board to every single one of you. It's really, really important. Other things, uh, an abstract. Um, you know, go out of context. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, I reference a lion in a crate, and I'll show you an image from that on how they uh, brought that in. But Jump out of context. Get a little bit more unique. Create that wow factor. You know, what is it that people are going to say, wow, that was uh, really impactful, and, and we're all desperately seeking to obtain that? When you get that, when they walk away and go, wow, memory points. Memory points, and they trigger in there. So the only caveat is, is when you go a little bit more abstract out of context, be careful. Uh, don't go to the extreme. I'm going to say that most companies do it relatively well. They they think about it and they follow it and, and they, think, they think about how to tie their brand, their messaging back in without distracting from it. But push the envelope a little bit, but just cautious as to not go to the extreme. Um, theming and comedy, um, I'm re referencing Olympics, films, et cetera. Um, bring that in. Bring in relevant current information. Sporting events, for instance, are a huge thing to tie back in where world information is going on about major sporting in information, such as we have the Final Four going on right now. Um, it's an immediate draw. People relate to it, regardless of the brand or the product that you have. They relate to that, and then that's your opening to, uh, to, to parlay into the next steps. But you have to be careful because it's relative to that time, and it can date you. So Final Four comes, Final Four goes, what's next? And if that's a theme that you wanted to carry throughout, or maybe you wanted to reuse those graphics, 
they're going to have timestamps, uh, um, dates on them that really won't give you a lot of um, carry through. And last, you know, new and innovative. You know, definitely go there. Uh, don't be afraid to do it. And and it's it, it's it's fun just to do it for the sake of doing it on occasion. Push the envelope. Don't be afraid to do it. And the other thing is, think about bringing in some old material. Look back into your archives. What do you have? What have we used in the past that we can bring in and, and maybe blend together with the new and the innovative, with the old? You're seeing so much of this uh, going on, blending. You see it in music. You see it in creativity. You see it everywhere. And it's really an effective marketing strategy to really get that big impact going. Uh, the other thing is, with that reuse of the old materials, it's, it's a little eco-friendly, and you can play on that. And often, future customers have that little checkbox that they want to know that who they're going to work with and who they're going to play with are eco-friendly. And last on that one, I, I, one other point that you can really think about is it really does have a positive impact on your investment. You've already spent the money to create those pieces. You have them, the idea, the thought. So that expense is out of the way. Now it's simply figuring a way to incorporate it into the new um, elements and then reuse uh, of all of them together. Uh, two quick questions here, uh, Mike. One is, uh, does the company, because that canopy that you had uh, on the previous picture right there, does that uh, create a barrier to enter because some people do not like to be enclosed or trapped? I have an opinion about that, but let's see, hear what you have to say. Absolutely. I, I really don't think it creates a barrier at all, and specifically canted at the angle that it's at. You know, we touched on a little bit about the two entry points. Um, it, it feels open. It feels it's flowing. Uh, it gives you high graphic intel, uh, 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 placement for um, your branding and your products and services. So I haven't really seen that to be a hindrance, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about that, Steve. Yeah, but no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I think that I think because of because of the elevation, and because of because it's angled and it's open on two sides, I don't think that's a case. That that uh, that's a case there. Uh, the second question. Uh, this is this is a quick one to answer. Our potential subcontractor said that the first 1.5 meters of the sidewalls are not allowed to be higher than one meter. Is that right? And that is for an inline booth. Okay, uh, it does not apply to say a uh, uh, an island booth, um, uh, and I don't believe it applies to. Uh, does it apply to a peninsula? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Uh, I'll, I'd have to pull up the rules and regs on that, but. To that point, though, Steve, I mean, they're all posted, the rules and regs and all of this. And if you, if you have a question, um, your, your um, exhibit uh, partner should know this, and they're doing the research. I mean, that's what they do professionally. But, if but that's the point. Doubt, that's the point. They're, say, they're, saying, they're saying that's what their potential supplier, vendor is, is saying. And we're showing this booth with it wide open. And I'm saying that, that the, the rule applies to inline booths, yeah. not, not to booths that uh, have more than one one. Uh, aisle, uh, um, aisle facing. Um, Correct. Uh, Michelle, you, I mean Michelle. Rochelle, if you can uh, respond to that too, that would be great. So, okay, go ahead. Absolutely. So, flipping through the creativity, um, this exhibit um, is, is very simple. It's linear. It's clean. But there's a lot of elements going on in it. And this is a ten-foot uh, inline exhibit. Um, if you notice, uh, the concepts uh, have elevation. You've got the exhibitor header up above that cantilever sport, so it gives depth of perception. Use some pops of color that are behind those individuals there. That can be a graphic. Up above, that can be um, your product, uh, some information about your product. Then to the left, uh, a one-meter section where if you've got uh, any type of your product, it doesn't matter what it might be, something that fits in the machining or, or prototypes or small pieces, so this brings in all of the elements where you can bring in literature, uh, your collateral, your product, your services, graphic elements, depth, height, elevation. And then also, it's very clean. It's very, very clean. And I don't mean to say the word sterile, but it has a sterile feel to it. And that allows your information to pop off it when you utilize it. One other thing I want to point about this, why it is very, very simple and easy and really cost effective, look at the flooring. Just sometimes a flooring change makes all the world a difference. I know we have the different packages at IMTS, but make sure you know what you're in. And, and sometimes that's a little bit of a better investment just to change the flooring up, to change the whole feel of the, uh, of the stand. Yeah, and that was also an example for Elvira of the, uh, that, the, that the sidewalls have to be, you, you notice how the sidewall at the, at the front entrance there is uh, on, like right here, where I'm pointing right oh. here, you know, is one meter high. 
So and and then you can't you can go higher once you're. I don't remember how far back in, but anyway, uh, that's the example that you're the the question that you're referring to. So okay, yeah, and that's that's a respect to your neighbor. I mean, you just you everybody has to have a, a fair presence, and and that's why those rules are in place for that. So um, sliding to this one, you know, I mentioned the shapes, the curves, the undulation. They all create movement, interests, memory points, um, unique branding platforms and opportunities. While this is a larger scale, again, I want you to think about the flexibility and the scalability of all of those elements. Um, this showcases um, using color pop lighting, but this can come down if you have a smaller stand, 30, 30, 20, 20, even inline, there's ways to bring in movement and shape. So challenge yourself to do that and challenge your exhibit designer to do the same. And again, if it doesn't feel good and when you run it through your, your team, bring it back to them and ask them to just give me a little life, show me some movement. Specifically on the inline boots where these tend to be very linear, a little bit of movement and depth really, really helps bring them into the space. Um, so touching on an inline boot and the movement, um, while not an overly beautiful exhibit, it's, it's still functional. Uh, if you've noticed, we've got the shapes and the curves and the reception. You've got that receptioner where they can come in the meet and greet, the official meet and greet, and, and talk about the product. You've got the um, message, the large message graphic, which kind of curves and flexes forward, giving that little bit of uh, depth perception, showing you with the quick and secure uh, product information. And then if you look left and right, they just didn't put a, a linear horizontal uh, graphic up there. They have the swoops down below, just again, creating a little more interest, dropping a little lighting behind them, and if they would happen to have uh, some of the products or literature on those back counters, the lighting would uh, bring a little bit of interest. Again, this is open. It feels good. It's easy to flow. It's not intrusive. Your guests won't mind coming in. And uh, it's a good use of a linear inline booth for a lot of you that have this type of a situation. Um, again, uh, this stand is from a few years ago, but I think what they liked, what I liked about this and what they did is they brought in the slinky spring. And, you can see that in the middle, and it kind of cascades um, down and around and works into the front. And they used it in part of their theming. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a sense of attractiveness, and there's a lot of flexibility in what they want to do with it and how they build off that slinky and flexibility uh, feel that they have brought into it. Notice the graphics in the back talk about that flexibility part of it as well. Uh, also, this stand has large graphics, large lettering, easy messaging to get out. If I were walking up, it wouldn't take me but a quick glance to go flexible, location, adaptable. Those are all words that mean something to me. Um, seeing a product, it'll, it'll at least in, in, engage me to want to find out a little bit more about it, stop for a second, take a look, maybe those 30 seconds or more. And that's where your professionalism comes in to bring them in and talk about the product. Again, we want to always encourage you, create something memorable. I would trust if you talk to somebody post-show and say, yeah, we were the folks with the slinky in our stand or in our exhibit. They would understand exactly who you were if you had time with them to spend there. Mm -hmm. um, here's just a few examples of small and large uh, diminishing perspectives. So in the upper left, it's a touch of comedy. Uh, don't be afraid to use that. Think about what your brand and your product looks like and bring some interest in. Uh, this is all dimensional, color, lettering. plays off of what their product looks like. But push on the comedy a little bit. Uh, if you look over to the right, um, this is a kind of a pop art feel, a high graphic intent. Uh, and this can be done structurally or graphically. But uh, they've done the cutout, what their key message is, who their product is. This is from um, a branding show that we worked on. And, and it's a really unique way to bring it in in a graphic element. And then again, these pieces can be reused elsewhere, maybe in your tech center and or in your HQ. And at the bottom left, uh, these are some product kiosks, a little more physical, a little more staid, a little more solid. Um, but they do a wonderful job of not just making them stable and solid. Look at the punches of color. Look how they connected those kiosks with the horizontal bars and banding. And they brought the company colors and logos in. So they continue to look at the small details to tie in those elements. So these kiosks, while stable, have softness to them with the logo, with the color, with the branding. And they're all tied back in. Again, it's just a little bit more of a fun, unique way to make sure we pay attention to the details. Here, uh, this exhibit for Snap-on, um, it's a little bit out of context. And, and, and it may feel rather large. It uniquely is very scalable. 
if you look at that large thread in the front and snap on one of the world leaders and tools, they've created that large product type um, piece that connects back into that thread. And immediately you, you, you have an understanding of who they are and what they do if you didn't already know. Uh, it's a great memory piece. It elevates up above. Um, it really, really pushes it. So while it can appear to be a little bit quirky or maybe even a little funny, again, it's those driving memory pieces of who you are, what you are, what the message is, what you want your attendees to take away. Um, there's a lot of purpose to this. Um, they also use the lighting very well to highlight the graphics and, and subtly uh, light their, their company name. So push those elements. Find out how you want to do it and bring it forward. But the other thing you want to make sure is not everything that is designed can be built safely. Uh, you know, these stands are and stands and exhibits are not um, bolted to the floor. They're freestanding. So always be cognizant of that. And I'll touch on that and something else in another piece I have. Sliding to this one for Marshalls, um, interestingly, they're an aggregate company. And they just really wanted to really push the envelope and be something different and, and establish who they were, were and what their brand was in the market. So what they ended up doing is they went very Disney-esque, very cartoony, very feeling along those lines. And, and how they brought their product in, it was uniquely embedded in the floor. So they made sure they brought in the flooring, tied it back under this very fun, memorable element. Well, probably not appropriate for a lot of companies. It might be too out there for them. It worked very, very well for them to establish their name in a not-so-sexy industry in the aggregate industry. So the other key is they went really very avant-garde with this, and, and it worked effectively. Uh, they, they used this for a few years, have since moved on, but uh, they're an example of a company that was not afraid to say, what if? What would this look like, and what can it do for us? In this case, it worked very, very well and effective. And here we talked about the lion in the cage in the initial slide. Um, this is a very, again, very simple inline booth. Um, again, pay attention to the rules and regs where you can, because in this specific event, they were against the wall. They could come forward with the height. But there's very little structure here. They just used a few key elements of color, pop, uniquely. They themed their staff. Um, their product was geared around, and their theming was the lion in the cage in danger. So they created a jail type of a fear, uh, uh, experience. So again, a little bit of fun. Push it out there. But when you re reach out in this type of atmosphere, make sure your staff knows how to work this booth. If they don't, most folks will probably walk by, not get it, not understand it. Very intrusive to even want to come into it. So the staff is critical in pulling something like this off. So shifting over into the design and the general planning. Um, it's really the key access and flow. And, and when you think about it, it, it's very important and very simplistic. Um, the simple questions that come up are reception counter at the front of your stand, whether it's, you know, again, whether you're a small inline or larger booth. Do I put it out in the front and want to engage my attendees as they come up? Or do I want to slide it back into the booth and draw them in, draw in that engagement? Uh, those are the real simple details that you have to think about on how you're going to market and strategize um, and use that booth. So it's also real critical to understand within your stand what the hotspots are, your dwell points, sight lines, blind spots. So hotspots is more of like a cliche word or a buzzword, but that's those major points where you need your attendees to be. Those are your key products, your key messages, whether it is a product or maybe it's a video or, or something that you're going to showcase. You have to know how to utilize those spaces and get folks into those areas. Um, also. You need to understand the blind spots. What are those blind spots? And thinking about the value on, on that concrete floor that you have, every square inch is, is vital and important. So when you're designing this space and you're working with your designers to design it, make sure that you think elevated. Think vertically going up. Think about, I'm going to put people there. I'm going to put machines there. I'm going to put something there, an impediment on that, what could become your blind spot or your cold spot. And think about how to navigate around that so that you're not misusing and misappropriately using that space. So always think vertically in designing. Make sure that your designers elevate your design so you can see and physically walk through the space uh, with your team to eliminate that. Next, uh, practicality modularity. I think it's real, real critical that we understand that design needs to suit purpose here. It, it, it's really, really important that that's almost a rule of thumb in, in fabrication 
And it's a principle that should be followed when you're trying to do this. Uh, keep in mind that when we are designing, I touched on the safety aspect a little bit easier. And I want to come back to that because that is, first and foremost, the most, most important thing when we attend this show, that we want everyone to come safely and go home safely. And, and I can say that not all exhibits that were designed should have been built and or set up and put up in, in public space. Uh, I've seen small inlines to very large booths come down. And it's really not a pretty sight. So make sure that in this design, make sure that it can be built. Make sure that it's freestanding and make sure that it's safe. And challenge your exhibit house back to say, if it looks funny, if something cantilevers out, ask them in advance that it will be good. Uh, also, make sure that you allow enough time. You know, budget accordingly in advance. And make sure that whatever you're thinking, regardless of scale, that there'll be enough time to execute that, that build, the ship to site, and then the execution of installing it. And last in this category, sustainability is really, really key. Unless you're just the one and done, here it is, I've used it, uh, I'm done with it, that's a major investment to let slide by. Think about sustainability and the future reuse. Often, most exhibitors aren't thinking about, what can I do after the show with this? Can that go to my tech center? Can I set it up there? Can I reuse these graphics in my headquarters or in a meeting room or at a sales conference? All of those things are questions you should be thinking about and how to get additional value out of that investment. Life beyond IMTS, let that branding, that pre, that at, and that post, and it becomes your post show. So make sure that we have some future use on this. And then last here is the detail, that last 10%. It's easy to get lazy. It's easy to say, ah, this feels pretty good. I think we're there. Don't do that. Stay sharp 100% of the way, start to finish. It's real, real critical that you realize we only have 30 to 40 seconds on those exhibitors coming up. When they get there, they could spend 30 to 40 minutes. And just by putting attention to that last 10% of detail will make the difference on what that experience could be when you have them. You know, pay attention to lighting, how, how lighting can really transform a very mundane exhibit into something very powerful. Pay attention to carpeting, seating, types of seating. All of those are really, really important to make sure that um, it's money well spent and best suited in this space. And, and don't be afraid to push the folks that you're working with on your exhibit on, on finishes. You know, finishes are so critical. And I mean finishes such as paint, laminate, vinyl, um, plastics, metals. Whatever those finishes are that are going to be on that exhibit, make sure that they're appropriate, unique, push the envelope. And also make sure that you share back with your design team things that you've seen, something that you like to work. Show them a photo. Ask them if you can incorporate it strategically into what you've got going on. Um, you know, the other thing that you can also do is we talked earlier about the graphics. The graphics can actually become the finish and use a full graphic overlay. Then you can bring in every touch, feel, and element printed out on a substrate and then mounted to it. And then speaking of that also, not every part of the stand has to be finished. Not it has to be graphic covered strategically, release points, uh, not an overkill. So think about how you want to bring that in and incorporate those elements into it. So here's just a very, very simple example um, of, of, of a modular thinking uh, approach. And this is just a few parts or components of, of starting. But it's a little European, but these pieces bring together um, textures, pieces, and, and parts and components all into one, and that start to create your exhibit. But this is how you should be thinking, too, and how does it break down? What does it look like? And, and how lightweight and componentized can I bring it all together? And then when you do, and again, keeping it in a very simple fashion, here are those pieces brought together in a 10-foot or, or a 3-meter wide stand, um, which brings it together. Uh, simple, not, not really well done, but definitely not bad. We know who the company is. The product is beautifully appointed on the back wall. I can see it, and it works. The only thing here, this is a pre-show photo, so the furniture would be arranged a little bit differently. But look at this space where they've got a lot of seating going on in there. You, you just, there's just way too much happening. And think about the appropriateness of just being able to entertain in that space. Mostly everything that's going to probably end up happening here, if you're not sitting, is going to be out in the aisle. And it's just going to be away from your product. And really, intimacy of that conversation gets a little more challenging in the hustle and bustle. Um, here's another example of, again, that inline, whether it's 10 or a 20-foot or a 30-foot, something so simple to create additional interest, interest and flair, just going vertically and horizontally in different directions, adding additional pieces and parts. 
know, think about the old Tinker Toys or the Erector sets, if, we, if you've had those as I did, where you just add little elements to add more interest. If you look at the open canopy to the left that we created, and then to the two-thirds to the right, we went from 8 to 12 foot. Again, stair-stepping interest became the beautiful backboard and backdrop for their logo. And again, it brought in that look and that feel and the elegance of who the company is. So don't be afraid to think about that. Think both vertically and horizontally when you're working with your designers and creating these different booth spaces. Um, here's another example of something a bit larger in scale. But you know, it really has entry points on four sides, if you choose, two sides, or single-sided single if you wanted to do it. But, but what I wanted to bring in here is just the use of canopies and lighting, if, if that works for you. Um, here the canopies create intimate spaces within your space. Underneath it, the lighting will, will carry um, um, a, a beautiful essence on whatever the product might be. And these canopies can be staggered up or down accordingly, depending on the machine that you have underneath there, or maybe the hierarchy of the machine, the height of the machine. So don't be afraid to use that vertical space up and down. And, and a horizontal plane isn't necessarily always the right way, not the wrong way. But think about elements and stair-stepping things up to carry hierarchy forward on some of your product. And here, um, just again, simple architecture. Um, beautiful, clean, and the slats they brought in, that's just, uh, that's just lumber attached to a back wall, very easily done. But what it's done is beautifully picture frame the company logo. To them, really important for them to know who we are on that front hot corner. And that was how they wanted to showcase your logo, clean and open. And then again, the floor plan behind that was open, inviting, again, the use of the canopies up above. Um, here is just another stand. Uh, it's a 20 by 20, but the principles remain the same of in this stand as it would be in any others, whether it's for an inline up to much larger. This shows how graphics and structure, they come together. They beautifully come together to create high interest and functionality. If you look at the shape, the form, the color, the movement, placement of the graphics, how the shapes outline and picture, linear curve, this is great use of all touch and tone and architecture and feel. So again, challenge yourself. Look at accent colors just to give pops of interest that will draw the eye to your product or your, um, your graphic information. And here are just a few more uh, individual elements and details that don't be afraid to use it. Um, in the upper left-hand corner, uh, this is a deconstructed element of a switch, actually. But they had a little bit of fun with it. And the colors, and they brought it in. And that's your stand. They, they pushed the envelope and deconstructed it. If you look to the top middle, there's some engineered um, features. Bring in engineering. What do you do? We're all about the engineering and the production and fabrication. Bring in those elements into your stand. And if you go down to the sharp left, that's a beautiful showcase in that lower left-hand corner. Lighting, um, circles, shapes, um, color, touch, tone. That's inviting. I want to walk up to that. That feels good. I want to know what's going on. So that's a good way to also bring in um, ways to element and picture frame your product. And then flooring. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Use of flooring, uh, authentic wood flooring, or other types of flooring. And, and there also is engineered and rubber flooring now that looks like this. It has a built-in cushion. Challenge to uh, your, your vendors to bring those out so you can see those and use those as well. And then to the right is. Uh, just a highlighted reception counter. This one I just wanted to show. So Mike, because um, you know I don't, I you know I don't don't mean to interrupt you. You know uh, we might need to skip through some of these examples because we only have about six minutes left uh, in sure. our in our session today. So just want to give you a heads up there. Perfect. I'll I'll skate through here. Uh, this one quickly. Way too much. When you take a look at it online, you'll see all the things that are wrong when you can get through it. Uh, slipping the tech and data. Uh, physical and non-physical, folks. Physical meaning the types of elements, the monitors, the LEDs, touchscreens, the iPads, the tablets. The non-physical, that's your social media, how you use it. Uh, the data intelligence capture, the new technologies that are out today, the show apps, what the organizer has for you and what you can create on your own to make that a little bit easier. And I think my message is just don't go out and buy this 4K Ultra HD 77-inch piece because you can afford it. Make sure it's relevant. Make sure it supports what you have doing. And let your content that you deliver make, drive the selection of the, of the physical uh, elements that you're going to bring in. And then here is just you know, your Google box, collapsible 
uh, virtual reality 3D in the upper left. To the right, stagger your monitors. There you go. See? That's it. Uh, to the upper right, uh, stagger your monitors. Look at how they're turned and used. Lower left, uh, touch screens, touch monitors. Bring them out to the crowd. Don't have them walk into the wall, but make it more Apple-esque. And in the lower right, I don't really think I need to talk about the workforce of the whole industry, that iPad and the tablets, what they've done and how they bring out in a very costive way. Um, on the graphics, guys, I'll skip through this quickly. 150 words or less. Don't be a visual overkill. Um, are you using the right media? Look at heights where your graphics are, message delivery, hierarchy, company name, product, sub-product. All of that is so critical on how you do it. Um, looking here, great graphic content. Bring in people, bring in reality, and bring in smiling people. It's known to work very, very well. Here is um, different uses of graphics, three-dimensional graphics. Uh, that's an actually an origami graphic on the left. And then to the right, um, that's just different uses, fonts, types, stagger it. There I see the entire message. I get it. And it's beautifully supported by the sub-messages and not in a confusing way. Uh, last here, wayfinding, color, interest. And then to the right, um, that's just backlit graphics. That's all their products. And then from there, you can then disseminate out into the stand and, and really start to build a, a process by which your, your staff can start to talk about your products and services. Um, this is just another full graphic inline. Let the graphic do the speaking. Then again, take those graphics. Use them elsewhere. Life after the show. We don't have to throw them away. Make sure you use them. Graphics on the floor, bringing in the products. Don't, don't forget about the floor, guys. It is important. Why it does get cluttered with people, uh, there is a way to use it as a, a great tool. And then in, incorporating graphics and how you design the graphics, make sure if you have product or information in front of it, as you see in the left here, the graphics are designed around the product, smartly done, information is shared. And here, just the design brief. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but Steve touched on it earlier. Be sure you know the pre-show, the during show, the at show, and the after. Make sure that you follow all of those processes, never forget about it, and, and, and make sure that you're engaged at all of those levels because they are all key marketing strategies on your ROO and your ROI. And then last here on this one, engage your credible partner. Vet them out, visit them, make sure that who they are, get their references, go and visit them. Because um, if you don't do that type of thing, what can happen is exactly what's in this slide. You're going to get ripped off. You're going to show up and what you thought you were going to get is not there. And we see this all the time, where you bought something online, they sent you beautiful renderings, you spent the money with them, you show up on site waiting for your crates to arrive, nothing there. And then what happens is you need to make a fast investment in something that you didn't plan. Here, just uh, make sure that you're, 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 you're building cloud words. What's important to you? Spread this around the office. Let everybody help you part of the marketing strategy. The more information in the front, then you just fill it down with what's most important when you start the design process. And last, let me just conclude here, Steve and, and, and team, you have to enjoy exhibiting. Uh, this is so critical that if you're not having fun, you have to find a way to do it. Um, and every time you have fun, you're going to get better. The experience will get better for you and for the company. And uh, I'm I, sorry for expediting that a little bit, but thanks uh, for allowing me to share. No, no, no. I'll tell you what is great information. I mean, obviously, it's like a fire hose of information. The beautiful thing about it is, you know, we record this. We have this all, uh, you know, you can go back and look at it. There, there were several questions about uh, not only just the archives, but what about, what about the PowerPoint slides? And yes, of course, we will make those available as well for download. So you've got the replay, you've got this, you've got, you know, you can contact uh, GES for, with your questions. Uh, regarding any any exhibiting issues or as or as far as helping you be you know to develop your exhibits, uh, I know Mike would do a great job for you, uh, and uh, um, you know so you know this is just this is one of those topics that boy it it it's so huge that it's tough to cover in in one hour and I know that uh, uh, that's what we asked Mike to do. Uh, I'm sure Bob ran out of the room screaming, you know, or something like that. <laughs> he actually said yeah, we, we, we wanted two hours, Steve. <laughs> I know. I, you know what? And I don't blame you, you know, or, or anything like that. And, 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 uh, and of course, uh, you, you know, you can contact them, contact GES Exhibiting. You can contact IMTS, uh, you know, via IMTS.com. Uh, the webinars in the past are all on there as well. Uh, Rochelle stuck the uh, – 
a link in there for, for previous uh, education uh, programs that we've done, and yes. we will have this yeah, one up uh, pretty quickly, too. Go ahead, Rochelle, take over. Okay. Um, thank you guys for joining. I just want to point out that um, GES actually has a different account rep for each of your halls. So once you guys log into the eKit, um, there's a um, tab at the top called Show Contacts. And if you click on that, you'll get all of our vendor contacts. We've listed the exact contacts from your hall for GES. So definitely check that out. And if you ever do want to you know, ask Bob, or Mike, a question, you can reach out to your contacts, and I'm sure they'd be happy to um, put you in contact with them. That's right. Sure. That's right. And by the way, I, you know, I, I thought the orange examples were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I try to chime in for folks in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. Take us home, Rochelle. Say goodbye, <laughs> bye to everybody. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you so much, Mike and Bob, for presenting. Um, we really appreciate it. And everybody have a great Thursday. Thanks for joining. See you all in September. Bye. See you guys in September. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.